Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. We're going to begin our service with the common service on page 15. But right now we're going to sing hymn number 338, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. Son, 
to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, good will toward men. We praise you, we bless you, we worship you, we glorify you, we give thanks to you for your great glory. church. The Lord said, And I, because of their actions and their imaginations, am about to come and gather all nations and tongues, and they will come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survive to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans, and Lydians, famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece, and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame, or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations, and they will bring all your brothers from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord on horses and chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them, as the Israelites bring their grain offerings, to the temple of the Lord in ceremonially clean vessels. And I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another. All mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord and they will go out and look upon the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. 
their worm will not die, nor will their fire be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. That's the fate of the unbeliever, but oh, what wonderful things are there for us as believing children of God. Alleluia. Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Alleluia. Alleluia. from Luke 13, verses 22 to 30. Here, Jesus gives us a warning about being prepared for the coming judgment. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last. And we'll sing our next hymn, and that's hymn 478, 476, Thee will I love my strength, my tower.
of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to 24. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians whose real home is with Christ, David, David Brandon tells us about an experience that he had years ago when he was teaching at a school for missionary children in the Philippines. He and his wife and, an, and another teacher took some high school students on an outing one time, on an excursion in an overnight camping trip. And well, what happened is they borrowed a van, they packed it up, they loaded up everyone, and they drove off to this kind of secluded place on the, in the Philippines a very beautiful, a remarkable space to a beautiful beach, a very sparsely populated area. But on the way home, what happened is that they ran out of gas. And being in this sparsely populated area, there weren't many people coming by and there weren't many gas stations. So what happened is they were very fortunate that after they ran out of gas, a bus soon came by and what David did is he got on the bus and he headed off looking for the nearest gas station and he after a good bit found one he bought a can of gas and and waited perhaps an hour for another bus to be headed back in the other direction and well he headed back to to find his wife, the teacher, and the high school students, and, and he was a bit surprised by the strange sight he saw when he came back to them because there they were building a shelter. And when he asked them about what they were doing, they said, well, we didn't know if you would be able to get back here yet today, and so what we decided we needed to do is be prepared to stay. Of course, they were also eager for 
David Brandon to get back there to pick them up and take them back. But now if you think about this story, it really illustrates something for us as believing children of God. That really when you think about it, we need to always be ready to stay here in this life and serve our God, but we also need to be ready to go. Ready to go, ready for when the Lord would come and tell us it's our time to go to our eternal home. It's important for us to be ready to stay and ready to go. However, we dare not ever look at this life as being our permanent home, as being our real home, our place to stay. Then we would be focusing on the wrong direction, of course. Our reading for today is also warning us about focusing in another wrong direction. As it tells us here, don't choose the wrong mountain. And as we look at this reading, it's talking about two mountains, the Mount Sinai, the place of the giving of the law, and Mount Calvary, Mount, well, rather Mount Zion. Mount Zion, and Mount Zion, we're thinking of the giving of the law there, and we're thinking of that as just a stopping place, but then we think about Mount Zion. And Mount Zion, well, that's thinking about our home, and that's thinking about being in the church and being in, in heaven. Hebrews is an epistle whose God-inspired author is unknown. We've looked at several readings from this book in the last several weeks. But the message of the book is beautiful, and it is a much-needed message for us today living in this sinful world. The writer wrote to Hebrew Christians to encourage them to keep clinging to the faith which had been shared with them because they were being attempt, tempted always to abandon that faith. They were under pressure from their families and from, well, the government to abandon their faith and go back to the old Jewish ways, the ways of the Pharisees, not the ways of Abraham and, and David, but the ways of the Pharisees in which they were taught to follow rules and regulations in order to be acceptable to God. And now, this actually sounds a lot like what we're in today, our situation today, because we also are under pressure from, oh, maybe our jobs, or maybe from family, maybe from just the human in, humanistic influences in school and society and media and government to try to abandon the faith and to instead follow easier ways that are more acceptable to our society today. Well, the writer to the, those Christians back then and, and well to us today is really saying this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Grow in the faith because that's what you need, not those 
old ways away from the true faith. To that end, he also says, the writer to the Hebrews also says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And as you see the day approaching, there's no doubt about it, we're always getting closer to the end, to the last day. So now more than ever, it's important for us not to take God and his word for granted or to drift away from God and his word, to drift even a little ways away from God and his word, but instead to be as close to God and his word and the fellowship of believers as we possibly can. That's where the Holy Spirit would work on our hearts to build us up and strengthen our faith. And, and if we're apart from God, if we're apart from his word, if we're apart from the fellowship of believers, if we're drifting away from it, even in just a little wit, a little bit, then instead of getting stronger, then instead of, instead of getting stronger, our faith will be getting weaker and weaker. And without nourishment from God and his word, well, what sooner or later would end up happening is that our faith would end up dying, disappearing. Unfortunately, when we think about it, tragically, there are so many who even profess to be Christians today who are getting little or no nourishment from the word of God and therefore their faith is dying and, and tragically they don't even know it. They don't even know that there's a problem. Well, when a Christian is getting little or no nourishment from God's word, what tends to happen is that instead of looking to Christ for our salvation, we tend to look more to ourselves and our works and our deeds and wonder if our works and our deeds are going to be acceptable to God. We start looking at those things and we start thinking that, well, even though we know we're sinners, we still aren't so bad, especially when we compare ourselves to other Christians or to other people in general. And if we start to think like that, then what we're ultimately doing is we're choosing the wrong mountain. We would be choosing Mount Sinai over Mount Zion. Our, our reading says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched or that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. Oh, think of that scene at Mount Sinai when the Israelites received God's laws. God had said through Moses to the people, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. And the people responded to that. We will do everything the Lord has said. But then what happened is that the Lord descended on that mountain. And when he 
descended on that mountain, it trembled violently, it was covered with smoke and fire like a furnace, and the people were absolutely scared to death. Our, our reading says, they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. What had happened was that those people who said, we will do everything the Lord has said, they came to realize that they were sinful human beings who couldn't do everything the Lord had said. That's why they couldn't just walk to Mount Sinai and be comfortable in God's presence. They were scared. They were trembling. That's why they were terrified, because they knew that they were sinners. Mount Sinai was a mountain that they did need to go to, but it wasn't a place for them to stay. It offered them no message of comfort well, in the laws that were given to them. And yet the readers of this letter to the Hebrew Christians, they were tempted to go back to Sinai. Certainly they'd be safe in their old way of life with their Jewish families without the pressures of the government and others telling them to abandon the faith. And the law does sometimes offer what we could say a seeming comfort as the rich young ruler who came to Jesus as he thought at first. Remember the story, he heard of the commandments and he said to Jesus, all these I've kept since I was a boy. He, he had some comfort there. He thought he was on the right track. But then when Jesus let the law do its work and show him that he really was a sinner, then the young man, what happened is, well, the scriptures say he went away sad. Through Jesus' preaching of the law, the man knew that he was a sinner. He knew that if he approached Mount Sinai and accept, expected to be accepted, that instead what would happen to him is he'd be struck down by the Lord's thunder and lightning. We all need to visit Mount Sinai in this life because we're so often tempted to think that we're not so bad, that we could approach God with our own deeds and be acceptable, that we don't really deserve the eternal punishment that the scriptures say we deserve it. Well, at least not as much as some other people would, and oh, maybe we can think back to the terrorists who caused 9-11 years ago. Those are really bad people. Or or think about those who go on shooting sprees in schools or theaters or grade schools, the serial murders or rapists. But, you know, we may be tempted to think that we don't need a Savior like they do, like they would. But Scripture says there is no difference, for all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. We can't go to Mount Sinai and be accepted by God. No one can on the basis of the law. Mount Sinai and God's law, it only shows us, only reminds us that we are sinners who desperately need God's help. Our reading says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. Mount Zion is the mountain on which the Lord's temple in Jerusalem was built and all three places that are mentioned here. Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, all three of those terms ultimately refer to the church triumphant and we're talking here about the church in heaven, the church here on this earth, that's the church militant. But this is talking about the church triumphant. And you know, the thing that we can remember is that, oh, by God's grace, by God's grace, we who trust in Jesus as our Savior, we could say that right now we stand with one foot in that church triumphant, in Mount Zion, in the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. We have one foot there already, and since this is where we now stand with one foot in heaven like that, how could we turn back to the terrors of Mount Sinai and the demands of God's law and think that we could live up to those demands and get ourselves into heaven? Our reading says, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Isn't it wonderful for us to be able to think that through faith in the Lord Jesus, through the working of God, through everything that Jesus has done for us, we have one foot in heaven already where we will be able to hear, well, the angel chorus singing forever. And here we're described as God's firstborn sons. And as his firstborn sons, what he wants us to rest assured of is that we can Count on receiving God's full inheritance of perfect and complete joy forever in heaven through faith, through faith. We know God has his reservations for us in heaven. Our names are written there. Our reading says, you have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You and I, by the grace of God, we're declared righteous and holy before God. And the reason that we're declared righteous and holy before God, the judge of all men, it's not because of what we've done, because that's far from righteous and holy but we're declared righteous and holy because of what Christ has done for us. The blood of Abel cried out for justice, thinking about, you know, Abel was killed by his brother Cain and his blood. 
it cried out saying there should be justice, there should be justice. And, well, we could say that our sins cry out for that justice as well. Abel's blood said that Cain deserved death and hell because of his sin. And, well, our sins cry out for the same thing, we could say. But, but Christ's blood, Christ's shed blood speaks a, a better word because it says the death and the hell that we deserve because of our sins, that that's been paid for us completely by Christ's shed blood. Since Christ has paid for our sins and the sins of the world and has fulfilled the law of God for us, well, why would we want to rely on the law for our salvation when we, by God's grace, can just simply trust in what Christ has done for us? We can look to Mount Zion and not Mount Sinai for our salvation. Paul Moody, the son of Dwight Moody, once gave a touching account of how his dad demonstrated the Heavenly Father's love for his children. He, he said, my father had told me to go to bed, but I misunderstood. I thought he meant after I had finished my conversation with a young friend who was visiting our home with an older person. So I continued talking and having fun. Well, a little later, he came into the room again and saw I had not obeyed him. Paul Moody said, he ordered me to bed at once. His harsh tone was new to me and I retreated frightened and in tears. He continues. But before I had time to fall asleep, he was at my bedside. He explained that he had reprimanded me because I had disobeyed him. But this in no way indicated that he didn't love me. As he knelt to pray with me, I noticed tears were falling over his bearded face. That was many years ago, Paul Moody continues, but I'll never forget the scene. My father had unknowingly awakened within me the consciousness of the love of God. No sermon on the Lord's compassion for his children has cast so much light on that subject as my dad's huge figure sympathetically bending over my bed in the twilight. When Paul Moody saw his, base, his dad on the basis of the law, that was a scary picture. But when he saw his dad on the basis of the light of the gospel and on his love, well, then he was comforted. And in the same way, when we would view our Heavenly Father on the basis of the law, when we would look at ourselves and our deeds and say, well, have I lived up to what God requires of me? And that's the most scary picture we could ever get of God because if we look at ourselves honestly, we can't go to Mount Sinai and say, I've done, God, what you said I should do. When we go to Mount Sinai, all we can say is, I've sinned. I don't deserve to.
to be in your presence. But when we view our God in the light of the gospel and his love for us, that's the greatest sight that we could ever see. So don't choose the wrong mountain. Don't look to Mount Sinai and the law for your salvation. Look to Christ, Mount Zion, and the gospel. And know your salvation. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, you reach out to every land and call souls into your kingdom. As you gather people from near and far, let us be also counted among your servants who are eager to go and spread the word of your grace and love. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, and thinking about today being September 11th, we also pray, Lord God, when we look at some of the terrible things that happen in this world, it, it is a scary thing for us to think about what could possibly happen next. That is a scary thing, but it's such a blessing for us to know that no matter what may happen in this life, as people who by your grace have been, well, chosen to be part of your believing family, people who have been forgiven by the blood of Christ, who have Christ's righteousness, we can know that no matter what may happen in this life through faith in you, dear Jesus, we're safe and secure forever. Please watch over us, keep us safe and secure. When we think of the people in our congregation dealing with different trials and troubles, we ask you, Lord, please keep them safe and secure. Please watch over them according to your will. Grant them healing. Grant them your help and strength. And, well, of course, keep on giving them your grace and love. Help them to know always help all of us to know how blessed we are that we don't have to look to the law, but we can look to your gospel 
and know that through faith in Jesus, we have eternal life. Please keep on watching over us. Keep us safe and secure, according to your will in this life, but especially keep us safe and secure unto eternal life in heaven. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name, and in his name we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today. A few announcements to share with you, a reminder that we do have our Wednesday worship that's been, oh, seeing a few people attending it in the last several weeks. It's been good to see those people here for that. Uh, please consider joining us to be able to join in the fellowship of believers. In the congregation this week, well, today would be Jeannie Norder's birthday, Doug and Jean Grinnell's anniversary, Tuesday, Dave Christmas's birthday, Wednesday, John Patterson, Thursday, David Wine, and, well, September 7 and 22, that's Hannah and David Wine's anniversary. We're kind of in between that. Remember, they had their wedding before maybe going, well, before maybe we're going to be sent off with the National Guard and then did have their official wedding later on on the 22nd of September. That was the day that it was originally scheduled for. Well, those are the announcements that I have for you right now. Well, please do also keep Paula Burris in your prayers. I don't know what has happened with that as of this recording time, but she did injure her leg and she has problems with those injuries sometimes becoming infections that cause her some grief. We'll, we'll keep praying that, that the injury doesn't result in infections and further problems. Again, thank you for joining me for worship. The Lord bless and keep you always.